When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dairy Gold Agribusiness. For quality feed, expert service, and support you can trust. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up... Farm organisations highlight their opposition to the draft Mercosur deal. The 63rd Barry Row Agricultural Show is getting underway in West Cork this morning. Farm Safety Week, 15th to 19th of July. But our top story. Dairy Gold Grassland Specialist, Dairy Gold Agri-Division, Mr James Burke, has details of an important major reseeding event planned for Tuesday 23rd of July. James, welcome to the programme. Now, this reseeding event, perhaps you can tell us the location of the event and any special offers and keynote speakers. Dairy Gold are holding a reseeding event this coming Tuesday, the 23rd of July, from 11 to 1pm. It'll be held on the farm of Sean Reedy in Meadstown, Kildare, County Cork. His postcode P67PN26. What the event will focus on is how to maximise the value on your investment in receding. So uh, the speakers on the day, uh, the first speaker will be Michael Casey of Monsanto and he will talk about the best practices for using Roundup when burning off for receding. So application rates and timings for cutting and grazing uh, and so on. Uh, so the second uh, speaker on the day will be Pat Cashman of Goldcrop, and he will give us an overview of the steps needed to create optimal conditions for germination in the seedbed. Now, I understand that the Dairy Gold technical manager, Mr. Liam Stack, he will also be contributing on this day. He will indeed. Uh, so, Liam will outline the four different grass seed mixtures we offer as part of our Dairy Gold Gold Assure grass seed range. Finally, Chris Mahan from Wheelhand Crop Protection will round off the story of receding by telling us the value of spraying the newly sown seeds for weeds and he will also make some recommendations for certain situations on the day. Please remind our listeners which event we're talking about and when and where it's being held. It's a Dairy Gold Reseedy event this coming Tuesday, the 23rd of July, from 11 to 1 pm, and it'll be held on the farm of Sean Reedy, Meadstown, Kildallery, uh, and his air code is P67PN26. Now, usually at these events, uh, Dairy Gold, you have special offers. Are there any particular special offers that people 
should be aware of to make it extra attractive, quite apart from the fact that this, I understand, will be a KT knowledge transfer, KT approved event. It, it is indeed, John. It's a knowledge transfer approved event. We're delighted as well that there's quite a number of special offers on the day. So Goldcrop, who will be talking at the event, are offering one free bag with every 10 bags of the number one, the Dairy Gold number one grazing mixture purchased on the day. And as well as that, True North Technologies, who retail the Grasshopper plate meter, will also be offering 25% off each unit sold on the day. As well as that, we have a few spot prizes as well. So there's 10 bags of grass seed will be raffled off on the day, as well as a few cans of chemicals such as Roundup and uh, Envy and Pasture Trio, which would be for your new sown lays. And as well as that, there is also a barbecue on the day after the event. Speaking to Mr James Burke, Dairy Gold Grassland Specialist, Dairy Gold Agribusiness could you please remind our listeners if you have a phone number or if someone listening would like to discuss their own particular needs or arrange a visit of a salesperson, have you a phone number or a phone contact you'd like to give out, James? I do indeed. So I, I can be contacted there on 086-793-8408 and I can chat you about uh, your burn-off process, selecting the right grass seed mixture for your situation and I can also walk uh, your newly sown uh, reseed and give you a recommendation on what to spray it for weeds. My number is 086-793-8408 and I can talk you through the burn-off process, select, uh, help you select the correct grass seed mixture for your situation, and I can also uh, call out your farm and walk your receding and give you a recommendation on what chemical will control the weeds best. So it's the Dairy Gold receding event, which is knowledge transfer approved, just to get that in, and uh, it'll be held on the farm of Sean Reedy, Meadstown, Kildallery, um, and his air code is P67, P in 26, and it'll be on Tuesday, the 23rd of July, from 11 to 1 p.m., and it'll focus on maximising the value of your receding investment. Thank you very much indeed, Mr James Burke, Dairy Gold Grassland Specialist, Dairy Gold Agribusiness. Thanks, James, very much indeed. Thanks, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Anya O'Reardon, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagas Office in Codrum, McCroom. Anya, welcome to the programme. I think you'd like to remind listeners about a number of very important events coming up in the near future, and in particular, one KT knowledge transfer event, which people might find of particular interest. There are two events coming up in this week. Um, the first one, they're the same event actually, they're a smart milking event. Um, so they deal with you know, getting the cows in and out and move, cow movement, um, milking technique, uh, saving energy and money um, costs and producing high quality milk and saving time on milking. Um, so it's all about milking really. And there's two events on. The first event is on in Clannacilty. Um, on the farm of Connor and Mary Murphy in Clanley, Clannacilty. And that's on Wednesday, 17th of July at 11am. And the second event, it's the same event, but it's on in Mallow the day after on 
Thursday, the 18th of July, and that's on the farm of Connor Fitzpatrick in Beachmount House, Annabella Mallow. So this event in Mallow is actually a KT dairy event. The event in Clonakilty is not actually a KT event, but technically they are the same event happening. So it's the same material will be covered at both events. For people who are trying to build up their points or build up the number of KT events they attend, the one in Mallow, that's a KT event. Yeah, exactly. And on the beef and sheep side, we're having a, a Borbia and Chagas are having a farm walk in Clonkilty Agricultural College. That's on, on Wednesday, the 24th of July at 2 p.m. And that's the KT beef and sheep event. It's covering um, the Borbia farm audits, which most a lot of farmers are part of the, the Borbia um, quality assurance scheme. And it's just about the, the audits and how to prepare for having an audit and um, best practice and that. So that's on Wednesday, the 24th of July at 2 p.m. in Clannacilty Agricultural College. So the end of the KT year, it finishes on the 31st of July. And these are one of the last uh, KT approved events happening um, in the county. So, um, you know, if people are trying to make up their meetings and events, um, you know, there, there's not that many more left. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're could be convenient for people. And just while we're talking about Katie, um, the vet plan will need to be completed before the 31st of July as well. So it's important that you contact your vet and that they get that submitted um, online on time as well. Thank you, Miss Anya O'Reardon, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask Kodrum Akroom. A full interview with Anya on fertiliser, reseeding, dosing, beep weighing in the midweek programme, 10 to 11 on Wednesday evening. Thanks, Anya. On Tuesday, IFA Munster Chairman Mr John Coughlin spoke to Farm Talk on current actions being taken by his organisation, the IFA, against the Mercosur draft deal. And this included lobbying TDs and senators and politicians at Leinster House. Well, John, as I was as I speaking to you this evening, I'm actually here in Dublin at the moment and we're, we're going into it all right now. Um, there's a debate on the Mercosur uh, deal on in the Dáil this evening, through the evening, and we're going in, there's about 40 of us going in there this evening to, to see that debate. But today we've met every TD in the country. We've had a lobbying session in Dublin today. We've met all the TDs and we've put it very clearly to them that this Mercosur deal has to be totally rejected. On a number of grounds, and I suppose, look, the, the big one is the fact that there is so much beef going to be brought into the European Union, uh, tariff-free. Uh, the reality is that this beef is untraceable. It is produced to totally different standards to what we have here in Ireland. Secondly, there's 180,000 tonnes of poultry meat being brought into the Union, which is totally undermined the poultry industry. And as well, thirdly, it's the environmental aspect of what's happening in Brazil. Uh, it's a country where Every minute they are cutting down the size of a football pitch of the rainforest converted into grassland for beef. And I think, look, with the regulations and the climate actions that we have to put up with in Europe, we can see how we can compete with Brazilian beef. So we're lobbying every TD today to make sure that this deal is going to be rejected. Would you be worried to think that any section of the Irish population or that anyone would in Ireland be welcoming this deal, part of the give and take of uh, global trade, something you've got to surrender? But of course, it's the farmers and the beef farmers who are going to be destroyed. Well, as first of all, John, I would be very disappointed if anybody in Ireland was welcoming this because, firstly, beef industry is our national, agriculture is our national industry and the beef industry is the biggest part of that. 
from a rural countryside area. I mean, the amount of money that's transferred into the rural communities to the beef industry is astronomical. And, you know, it's a specialised industry for Ireland. We are a very big exporting nation of beef. We produce beef to the highest standards in the world. And more importantly, we are the most carbon-efficient beef producers in Europe. And uh, I think, you know, in today's world where climate change and climate actions have become so critically important to people, it beggars belief as to why a trade deal would be done with a country that has no notion whatsoever of partaking in climate mitigation exercises. South American countries are refusing to take part in the Paris Accord. We know that there is no climate action taking place there. And yes, here in Ireland, we are being uh, laboured with huge climate enforcement. We are producing the best of beef, the most climate-friendly beef, and that's going to be displaced by beef that's being produced in a very un-environmentally friendly way. We should remind people who are worried it could take another eight years before everything is signed, sealed and delivered, if it's ever accepted, because the European Union ultimately will have to look at a level playing pitch in terms of production. But do you feel the Taoiseach should be far more uh, proactive in saying, look, on the face of it, this seems a disaster? John, I think the Taoiseach is the Taoiseach for the whole of Ireland. And in that, he has to stand up for rural Ireland. The beef industry is critically important to rural Ireland. At present, the beef industry is on its knees. Right across Europe at the moment, beef prices are so low that people are not making money. Here in Ireland, we are at a loss-making situation at the moment. But if, South Amer- if we have to compete with South American beef in the European market, there will be no beef industry here. So is the Taoiseach prepared to stand up and protect a national interest? I think that's what it's down to. Uh, I will be calling on the Taoiseach to come out very strong and reject this deal completely. To wrap up what the IFA is doing, to remind us, in fact, about the visit of your president and the livestock chairman to Brussels to, again, argue the case right at the centre of power for the EU. Yes, John, I think, look, as I said today, we choose that we are uh, lobbying every TD in the country and we're going to resolve it through the evening. On Wednesday, our president, uh, our livestock chairman, our poultry chairman, and General Secretary will be in Brussels and they're meeting other farm organisations and they are uh, lobbying there to get support right across Europe and I think that'll be a very important day as well. I think we are doing everything we can to garner enough support so that this deal will not go ahead. Thank you, Mr John Cockton, the IFA Munster Regional Chairman. John, thank you very much. Thanks very much, John. Listeners are reminded that the 63rd Barry Row Agricultural Show 2019 gets underway this morning. With more on the show and a brief reminder of some of the great attractions at Barry Row Show 2019, Mr John O'Brien, Chairman of Barry Row Show. It's our 63rd show. It actually, originally the show grew out of a, a mocker field day back uh, back in the early years of mocker de Firma and, and back in the early years of show. So, you know, some of the original people who were there for the original show are still with us. And uh, thankfully, so anyway, our show uh, is on on the 13th of July. And we're very fortunate that we have um, the facilities of Barry Road GA Field where we host the show. And um, it's a very safe uh, venue. It's, it's a fantastic venue because we've got all the facilities that are conducive to running a successful show. We actually run the show in the pitch itself. Uh, so we have the horse showing and the cattle showing and all the events that are associated with the show in the pitch. So as you, you can appreciate, it's a very safe environment for the show. 
And then we're very fortunate as well to have ample parking and facilities around the uh, show field. And we can use the dressing rooms and the kitchen that's uh, in, in Barry Road J facilities to host the catering uh, on the day. So it's, it's a fantastic venue. We're actually in the GA field with 25 or 6 years and uh, with, with a non-broken record except for the year of the foot and motor course where there was no shows anywhere. But, um, you know, we've had a, a very successful run at the show and, uh, you know, it's a great family day out for anyone who cares to attend it. Thank you very much indeed for that reminder. Mr John O'Brien there, chairman of Barry Rose Show 2019, the 63rd show being staged by the Barry Row Agricultural Society. Thank you, John, very much indeed. The show now underway this Saturday morning, 13th of July 2019. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr William Shorthall, IFA Safety Executive. William, welcome to the programme, Farm Safety Week. Would you please remind our listeners when and where this is taking place? John, Farm Safety Week is taking place from the 15th to the 19th of July with the farming organisations and uh, um, with uh, the industries involved in, in agriculture. And I suppose fundamentally what Farm Safety Week is about is just focusing on safety around our, our, our farms and within the industry and uh, I suppose to promote um, well-being as well with people involved in farming. Are there any special events in Cork or elsewhere, but particularly in Cork or Munster, regarding the Farm Safety Week? Opportunities for people to see examples of how farm accidents occur... Um, we have four events organised nationally. Um, unfortunately, there's none of them taking place of the national events in Cork, but we would have ongoing um, evenings and events. Um, with um, We've done a number of them in, down in League, in McCroom, in Mallow, in Carrigaline, and we're, there's one up, upcoming in, in Kilworth. And what they're basically about, John, is it, 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 it's our farmer-to-farmer programme that we're rolling out. And it's basically um, a number of farmers getting into small groups, three to, to five farmers groups, walking each other's farms, um, having a look at what's wrong and looking at things they can improve on their farms which don't cost money. Thank you, William, for that reminder that Farm Safety Week is taking place from the 15th to the 19th of July inclusive. Mr William Shorthall, Safety Executive, IFA. Speaking after meeting the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, on the Brexit beef fund, the ICMSA has repeated his contention that the €100 million beef Brexit fund must be distributed to all farmers who incurred losses in beef production and the ICMSA president, Mr Pat McCormack, rejected, quote, absolutely the department proposal to completely exclude dairy farmers from the scheme. Mr McCormack said many dairy farmers have operated a beef enterprise for decades and have suffered severe losses over the last 12 months due to Brexit. I seem to say at the meeting called for the inclusion of dairy farmers in the scheme and while the Minister undertook to reconsider the Department's position, Mr McCormack said it's absolutely essential that this proposal is rejected and removed from the scheme. I seem to say President Mr Pat McCormack said that any farmer who suffered a Brexit-related loss on beef production is entitled to compensation from this fund, whether dairy, beef, full-time or part-time. That, he said, was the intention of the fund, and that, in a sense, is what it says on the tin. 
the ICMSA would not accept a situation where an unverified and unverifiable hierarchy would be put in place which said Group A suffered more than Group B and was therefore more deserving of all the compensation. That was not the basis the fund was sought on, and it's not the basis on which it should be distributed. This fund, he said, is not anyone's property, and it's absolutely crucial that at this stage, when the losses from Brexit uncertainty are still ongoing and actually increasing, the department would be both fair and seen to be fair about distributing the compensation, which, he reminded everyone again at the meeting, was for all farmers, and that must include dairy farmers producing beef who can show Brexit-related losses. The ICMSA statement, dated Friday 12th of July 2019, said the department's proposal is hugely unfair on family dairy farmers. And Mr McCormack concluded by calling on Minister Michael Creed to remove this condition from the compensation scheme immediately. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The IFA president, Mr. Joe Healy, said urgent changes are needed to the details of the 100 million euro beef Brexit compensation distribution as proposed by Minister Michael Creed on Thursday 11th of July. In the course of our conversation with the farm programme, I asked Mr Healy whether dairy farmers producing beef would have to be eligible too for money from the Brexit beef fund. Well, John... What I feel is the correct way for it to be divided is is based on the eight meetings that IFA arranged throughout the country that were attended by anything between two and 400 people. And the views we got from those farmers has influenced the way that we, uh, that we say it should be decided. And uh, it was very clear every night that we were out there that prime beef animals sold off all farms uh, should be compensated and should be in line for the payment. That factory-owned feedlots and agents shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be allowed to qualify for it. That the, every cent of it should go to farmers and that it should go out as quickly as possible. And that farmers, particularly farmers that were trying to sell young bulls, that the end date, that the closing date for uh, the cattle should be extended out. Uh, to at least the end of May, because there were a number of farmers that were trying to sell young bulls in April, and it was the end of May before they got the last of them sold. So there are a number of issues there uh, that we feel very strongly on, that we lobbied for, and, um, you know, as a result of those eight meetings, they were the views of the people, whether it was in Cork, 
uh, whether it's in Limerick, uh, right up the west coast or down the east coast. And uh, we also had meetings up in the, the northern half of the country. So they were the views of the farmers. And, um, you know, a few here and there for cold cows, but in the main, it was for the prime cattle sold from all farms and uh, to get it out to, and, and of course, uh, a fund there, which would be about a third of it for suckler cows. There was uh, farmers who were a lot more anxious that uh, payment would be paid on live cows rather than the cold cows, rather than the, the cows that are already slaughtered. Could we take it therefore, Joe, that you were saying that dairy farmers producing beef would be eligible. Dairy farmers who also produce beef, and it helps them make a bit of a, li- a sort of living. So dairy farmers producing beef, should they be eligible for a share in the Brexit Beef Fund? Well, our lobby campaign and at our meetings, the view was that all prime animals slaughtered. And when I say prime, I mean young bulls, steers and heifers that all of those slaughtered, regardless of the type of farm that they came from, that they should qualify for it. And, you know, I know uh, the announcement that uh, at the meeting yesterday with the farm organisations from the Minister and the Department of Agriculture was that uh, cattle from dairy farms wouldn't qualify. Now, I had a man on the phone to me. I was on my way down to Wexford Show at the time in Banno, and he just said very clearly to me, he said, I'm milking 47 cows. He said, I can't uh, hold a job outside of the farm because he said, I'm uh, milking cows morning and evening. My wife can't work due to health reasons. I'm trying to put three kids through college. He said, the announcement this morning would mean that I'm not in line for compensation uh, or support on the 30 animals that I slaughtered in the springtime. And he said uh, that his relation was a principal school teacher who, who killed uh, slaughtered animals and would be entitled to it. So all we want is fairness there. Not all dairy farms, actually an awful lot of dairy farms don't uh, bring any animals to slaughter. And as I said already, there was no big push during our meetings for a payment on cull cows. So uh, the view from the IFA was that all prime animals be in line for payment and that that there would be a suckler cow fund and that the money would be paid out as soon as possible with little or no bureaucracy. And in fairness, I think the Minister and the Department are very clear. They want it paid out quickly as well, and they want to keep it as simple as possible. But it has to be fair, it has to be right, and that's all we, we want. We we worked hard in the IFA in doing the analysis, doing the report, putting all the figures together, lo- uh, lodging that report where it mattered with the Minister, with the Government, with the Commission and the Commissioner in Brussels, and following up that, John, with uh, intense lobbying at all levels, whether it was in Dublin, whether it was around the country or in Brussels, then securing the 100 million. And uh, I actually even went to Japan myself uh, to have a constant word with the commissioner uh, the week or two prior to it being announced. So it was announced and now it's important that we get it out to farmers because all this is going to do, it's going to help farmers to pay a lot of the bills that are there, whether they're stock and loans, whether they're fertilizer bills, uh, grain bills, or indeed um, veterinary bills. And what it might do is put those people in a stronger position, not only to pay those bills, but to be back around the ring again in the autumn time to buy the Weanlands and the stores 
of the Wienland and store and suckler farmers. In fact, in recent days, there's been a massive movement to highlight uh, the negativity of the Mercosur deal, not to lose sight of the fact the most immediate devastating threat would be crash out, no deal Brexit, obviously. We went as far as um, Buenos Aires in Argentina uh, just over a year ago to try and thwart that Mercosur deal going through because um, when it was announced there a few weeks ago, we were very clear in saying that it's a sellout of Irish and EU beef farmers. It's hypocrisy of the at the highest level in relation to climate change. And it's a, a promotion of double standards because, John, if we produced the product that's coming in from the Mercosur countries in the same way as they produce it, it would be illegal for us to put it on the shelves or to sell it to retailers across Europe. And that's not right. We have to make sure that standards are upheld. Uh, the beef price is under pressure. It was wrong to pursue a Mercosur deal when, with Brexit up in the air. We're probably closer to a no deal than we ever were. If we have a no deal, we go from 102% self-sufficiency in beef in the EU market to 116% self-sufficiency. We could end up with 1 million extra surplus tonnes of beef on the EU market as, as a result of Mercosur and an ordeal Brexit, and the Mercosur would, uh, the extra 99,000 tonnes that's on the table there would be equivalent to 10% of that million tonnes. So on all aspects, whether it's on animal health, safety, welfare, traceability, whether it's on food tra uh, safety standards, on the environment, on slave labour, on the burning down of the Amazon rainforest, on climate change, it fails to tick any of those boxes that Irish and European farmers are constantly under pressure to adhere to. For example, in the Amazon rainforest, and every minute there's the size of a football pitch destroyed in the Amazon rainforest to turn into beef production. So when you see that, and the, it beggars belief how our European politicians, and particularly our Commissioner for Trade, uh, Cecilia Malmström, uh, and, and you know what? heightens the surprise as far as we're concerned is the fact that she's from Sweden. The Nordic countries are always known for their interest in the environment and animal welfare. And she pursued this deal with such vigour over the last number of years to try and leave it as part of her legacy. It's wrong and it's a deal that we, we went back to Brussels last Tuesday. We met with our French counterparts in the farm organisation, uh, our Polish counterparts, and our uh, Swedish counterparts, and also our, uh, um, our Italian counterparts, to highlight the fact that it was wrong and to see what was the best um, steps that we could take going forward. And like there is a view that a very strong cross-EU par uh, farming organisations protest in Brussels, because let's remember, John, that the decisions on Mercosur will be taken in Brussels. The decisions on the common agricultural policy and funding that to, to the upper limit will be taken in Brussels. Um, the decision on so many other things, Michel Barnier, the EU's chief negotiator on Brexit, it's not on Kildare Street or Molesworth Street or in Leinster House, he will be making the decision on Brexit. All of those key decisions, uh, more and more are being made in Brussels. Thankfully, we have an office in Brussels. We have uh, Lee McHale, um, who all your, uh, many of your listeners will know. He's based in Brussels. So we're right in the heart of it there. So the IFA is part of COPA. 
the European umbrella. It's the body for the it's the umbrella body for European farm organisations, and that's who we were meeting. I had a meeting with the General Secretary of COPA last Tuesday when I was out there, and we also met with uh, a number of our MEPs, including Maria McGuinness and Matt Carty, and we met with the newly elected chairman of the Ag Committee in the European Parliament, and also the first the first vice chairman. So we had meetings with those highlighting our opposition to Mercosur and the fact and the need for the European Parliament to withdraw their support from it. And at the moment now what we're doing in all the countries and it's been led by IFA, we're trying to contact all the MEPs of the new European Parliament to highlight to them all the reasons why a Mercosur deal shouldn't get the support of the Parliament based on Brexit, based on uh, climate change, based on slave labour, the Amazon rainforest, um, the standards of production, and also highlighting the the Food and Veterinary Office, the European Commission Food and Veterinary Office, when it says three of its lines from its most recent report are that the competent Brazilian authorities are not in a position to guarantee the relevant export requirements of beef. The second one was that the number of issues that the FVO, Food and Veterinary Office, were now highlighting that they weren't happy with have been highlighted in many other recent reports back over the years. So if the Brazilians haven't paid heed and tried to right the wrongs over the last few years, I get no confidence that they'll do any different in the future. And still, you know, their, their beef is coming into Europe. And it's wrong, and that's why it has to be fought all the way. And that's what IFA are doing, both at home here and on a European level. Thank you, Joe. Mr Joe Healy, IFA National President. And that was part of an interview recorded with Mr Joe Healy this weekend. The full interview on this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11 on the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, where Joe covers several other issues. Miss Helen O'Sullivan, Secretary of the Cork Branch of the Beef Plan Movement and also a member of the National Executive of the Beef Plan Movement, thanked all of those who supported the anti-Mercosur rally held outside Doyle Aaron on Wednesday 10th of July 2019. Hello, John. We're very happy with the turnout um, on Wednesday the 10th of July uh, with the protests um, outside the Doll. Um, I would like to thank the people of Cork um, for coming out in numbers, um, especially people that came from very far journeys, like way back in the Vera Peninsula. They were up at four o'clock in the morning to make their ways down to Bantry to come on the bus. Also, people uh, throughout all of West Cork and East Cork, um, the bus stopped along the way in the Manway, uh, in Askeen, Bandon, Bishopstown, and Fermoy, and that was that was they were pick up points. Uh, for people that travel from Kentork and all various different parts of Cork to be with us on our journey to the Dáil. Could you estimate how many people turned out approximately? There was a massive, massive crowd there. I'd say there would be near enough up on 3,000 people there, which was great. Um, I suppose it really, really showed that rural Ireland was, you know, alive and kicking. And, you know, that, that'll go to show you how serious this whole thing is uh, regarding the Mercosur deal and um, how people are concerned about their livelihoods. And they really made a special effort to be there and we're very thankful for that. Now, as far as I can see, part and parcel of all of those campaigns, there is a common thread of education, educating the public, educating the government, 
and your own members, reassuring your own members that there is a profit in beef, provided certain practices which you claim are restrictive aren't employed. In Wilton some weeks ago, you had a very simple analysis. You had a board showing the public, the shoppers at Wilton Shopping Centre outside one of the big supermarkets there. You showed the breakdown for €10. If €10 was spent on meat by those shoppers, you had a breakdown of uh, which percentage went to which sector, be it the retailer, the shop, the middle person, the factory, the processor or the raw material producer, the basic material producer, the beef farmer, where your 10 euro goes when you spend it on beef? When you spend 10 euros on beef today, the retailer gets 5 euro 10 for three days' work, the processor gets 2 euro 90 for three days' work, and the farmer only gets 2 euros for two years' work. So that's only 20%, John, after two years of hard work. Um, we are the primary producer. A lot of the suckler farmers will continue to hold on to that animal until they're up until um, 24 months or 30, 30 months. So therefore, they have them for two years and over. And it's a long time to wait uh, for your money, and there's a lot of costs being put in there. But, I mean, it's, it's very sad to see that there's only that much, much of a, um, money to be made after two years' work. Um, now, we do see that there is money to be made in beef, but um, unfortunately, we feel that the, the factories and the supermarkets are making this money and not the farmer. We feel that there are a lot of anti-competitive practices diminishing the marketability of our beef here in Ireland, the four-movement rule. And this is where if you sell your animal to a person or to people, to, you know, the third, fourth person, um, the cost of your animal automatically reduces so much per kg because they have been moved four times. Also, there's a 30-month age limit on steers and heifers. Um, again, if they go over the 30 months, if you decide to sell after 30 months, again, you're automatically cut down. Um, you know, I've spoken to a lot of farmers in the past and these are two of the things that they really want to have abolished because they feel it's only another way of taking money off the farmer. Now, producing beef, is it can be very complex. Um, we use a lot of good breeding um, bulls out there and, uh, you know, they get, we use top sires to ensure that we have quality cattle. Um, we have good schemes out there. Uh, we have the beef environmental uh, scheme, which is very important going forward. We feel the environment and climate change um, it's very important uh, for the future of farming. And you have all these incentives to help you to farm more efficiently. And I suppose the farmers feel that we have to jump, jump through a lot of um, hoops um, to satisfy certain regulations. So we're doing everything correct, but um, unfortunately we don't seem to be getting the correct price for our beef. And in fact, we have the best beef in the world, so we should be getting top price for that beef. The signing of the deal came as a shock for our minister, Minister Michael Creed, Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, and he has spoken of blocking this in every way possible. Now, whether he's uh, slightly changed in recent weeks, we'll have to you know, evaluate. But it would appear farmers have on their side the Minister for Agriculture. He certainly has expressed extreme concern about this deal. Yes, I have, I have heard that. Um, I have heard him speak. Um, I think it was this charitable show that he has um, expressed certain concerns about this whole deal. Actions speak louder than words. So I hope uh, Mr. Creed will row in behind the people of Ireland and rural Ireland and, um, you know, make his concerns uh, heard and, you know, put, action, put words into action here. There was a motion passed. There was a vote put on that. And, you know, Luckily, the uh, other TDs backed a Sinn Féin motion, which was uh, to stop this Marcus ordeal of going ahead. Now, I hope Mr. Creed will, 
will stand with their decision and help Ireland stop the steal of happening and perhaps um, maybe uh, join with other countries in the EU and make sure that this deal doesn't go ahead. So I, I would love if Mr. Creed would um, stand by what he has said, uh, by saying he's concerned by this. And I hope he will look after the beef farmers now and, you know, uh, let the people see that uh, actions do speak louder than words. We, we are really very much on our knees at the moment. And we would, you know, it would be some sort of a comfort or relief to us if Minister Creed could step up to the mark now and assure us, the farmers, that he has our back in this and that he will uh, keep rural Ireland open and make sure that the circular farmers don't go out of business. And if he could get in touch with the other countries that don't want this to go ahead as well and get them all to run behind us and save save the circular farmer and the beef industry here in Ireland because it has been on its knees for so long, knockdown after knockdown in the beef industry, and the farmers cannot take any more. We do not want to see rural Ireland closed down. I suppose we just want to get the message out there as well, John, you know, that rural Ireland is alive and open for business, and we want to stay that way. It's a way of living. It's our livelihoods we're talking about here. Just because it might suit other countries to join this deal, um, it certainly doesn't suit Ireland. It's certainly not the beef section. So, you know, again, we're asking Mr. Creed, please, you know, just to step up to the mark and show us you have our back in this one. If uh, president of the Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association and the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, if they are going to speak from the podium at your demonstration, well, that was great evidence of farmer solidarity regarding the drive against the Mercosur deal. Yes, it was lovely to see actually at um, our protest in Dublin to see um, all to see most of the farm organisations come together. It was great to see that we're fighting for the one cause. We had the likes of the ICSA, ICMSA, the Irish Country Women's Association, and so on. So it was great that these farm organisations came together and united with us. I mean, we're all fighting for the one cause here. So it was great, and you know, I suppose you know it's great for the other farmers that are on different that are in different organisations to see that as well and to see us that we are serious in what we're going to do and that we want to fight for the farmer, and that we're, we're all singing from the one hymn sheet, John. That's the first time that has been done. That was mentioned that these, all these farm organisations came together in a protest. So that was great. Ms Helena Sullivan, Cork Branch Secretary of the Beef Plan Movement, and also a member of the Beef Plan Movement National Executive, and of course based in Bantry. Thank you, Helen. Thank you very much, John. That's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls, and to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Next Agri-Update on this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri-Business. For quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 